Welcome to episode 12 of the Sink or Swim. Hold on a second. Did you say 12? This is episode 12, confirmed. We did have to kind of go back and think about what our last one was because we took a little hiatus, had to do some travels. You had to do some travels. If you saved up all the episodes, that's like two weeks worth. Of listening. Yeah, even if you listen. Car. And that's once a day, which no one's... Yeah, and you can't even get through a whole episode in a day. So we have a little category, or a little library of sink or swim episodes. You know, if nobody listens to it, at least we have it. It'll go in the time capsule for sure. Over the course of like a few years, it'll probably get like a few hundred views. That's exciting. And that's something. I feel famous. So... Tell us about our wonderful and amazing guest that we have today. I would love to. So... In keeping in line with the previous episodes where we've gone through each of the specialties, today is a specialty very near and dear to all three of our hearts. It, sure, it certainly is. Because we are all is. going into the specialty of internal medicine and representing it, we have none other than... The one, the only, Therese, not Teresa, Therese Vidal. Wow, thank you. What a welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. We're super excited to have you here. You and I were, and you and I and Mitch, all three of us were on the internal medicine clerkship together. We were. And for you and I, I think it's where we really forged a bond of friendship. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And Mitch was there, but he was like too cool. Yeah, he was like reading AKGs somewhere. He was like reading AKGs and standing up super straight. That's what he does. (laughs) Yeah. I, I've known some people that walk super straight. I don't feel like I'm that guy, but you've told me that, so for maybe me, I am. I took a picture of you on the first day because it was our very first clerkship. First day, first clerkship, and you're sitting um, in the noon conference room, and you're eating a sandwich, and you're so excited. <laughs> I had to take a picture of it. Do you still have it? I do, like, I remember, and I, I think, think I sent it to you. You did, but that was like two years ago. One of my favorite things to do is to take pictures of Mitch on clerkships. <laughs> Without me knowing. Without him knowing. All right, so internal medicine, what a specialty. Yeah, uh, and Therese here, actually, she's a, a pretty famed uh, internal medicine applicant. She uh, was featured uh, on ACP's Women in Internal Medicine in Florida little uh, brochure thingy majigger. I was. She was, I was featured from our school, which is incredible. Um, if you saw it, her picture is looking, like, really good. Looking snazzy? Yeah, looking wow, real snazzy. You. And then it just had all the information about you, why you chose internal medicine, and you knew you were going to do it from the get-go. Yeah, I think I'm one of those kind of uh, weirdos who kind of knew from the minute they came into medical school what specialty they were doing. I remember reading, do you remember when we first started, we had that Canvas page where we all had to introduce ourselves? Yeah. And I remember everybody's. I'm weird. I didn't read them over and over again. I just, every time I read something and see a face, I remembered it. And Therese said she was interested in doing endocrinology. I remember. Yeah. You remember that too? Mm-hmm. Mm. And you had a really nice picture. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And you were one of the first people to post. Really? Yeah. I don't remember any of that, but yeah. I yeah. knew endocrinology <laughs> from the beginning. I've wiped that out from my... What did you post in the group? Because I remember what I posted. Okay, so it was a picture of me shoveling snow at my house in Colorado. Okay. And it was, you know, like probably four feet of snow. I think mine was like a stock photo of me, like the, my medical school application photo, like pretty boring oh, photo, okay. if I remember right. And I remember saying I wanted to do orthopedic surgery. Ooh. Why? I don't know what I said. I was like, uh, I played football, so therefore ortho. <laughs> no, and you even commented on Connor's post I remember. Saying, yeah, I know. Me and Connor. <laughs> well, we're both former well, bro. Uh, athletes, bro. Maybe we'll both be going into ortho. <laughs> 
Good impression. You, you don't have the jawline for it. Good impression. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. <clears throat> but yeah. Um, you know it's got to be like real cut. Like Kyle Huntley. Yeah, he's got a cut jawline. And Teresa's also the face or one of the many faces, one of the few faces of NSUMD because she was in the commercial. If you've seen the commercial and you see the experiment she's running. Her I'm eye. holding a little test tube. Tell and us what, and then, the and the then it, they do like a, a shift focus where they go from the test tube to her beautiful beautiful green eyes and it's it it, it strikes you down the when most you watch macro it. video it's so close it's beautiful what were tell us something we we all want to know what was the test you were running absolutely nothing <laughs> no. i was standing there in front of that camera for a very long time shaking that test tube and there's also a picture of you on the website of you <laughs> listening to the heart sounds of dr levy and the how is she? Is she okay? It was nowhere near her. <laughs> Did heart. she have no. a murmur? <laughs> no, I'll never know. Do you know what you were listening for? Absolutely not. I put the stethoscope down on the patient, and they said, "Wow, thank God you're starting medical school." <laughs> <laughs> so this is exciting. We're super excited to have you because you are a local. Mm-hmm. You were born and raised Miamiite, which is very interesting. Tell us your life. Tell us about you, young Therese. Yeah. So I was born, raised Miami, Florida. I, from a young age, was kind of one of those people that knew medicine was what I wanted to do. So I kind of did a straight shot into medicine. So, yeah, I mean, from a young age, I knew medicine. I went into undergrad at FSU, studied exercise physiology, did pre-med, and then straight from there, I came into Nova. I got lucky. I feel like I missed that. You did exercise phys as your Yeah, Yeah. I'm just going to bring that up because the two of you are both exercise physiology, and Mm -hmm. and Therese knows I like to, you know, She mocks it all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I always say, like, oh, if you if you studied a real science degree, yeah. you would know uh, the answer to that. I'm just yeah. kidding. It's a very real science degree. And it's probably one of the most useful um, undergrad majors you can have coming into med school, in my opinion. Um, because physiology is very tough to grasp. I, I think it's Yeah. I would say it was tough. very useful in medical school. But I think beyond that, like learning nutrition and metabolism and Those all are that. things we don't learn yeah. in depth, right? So you guys had that extra nutrition exposure. Um I'm sure you learned a lot about burning calories and whatnot. Your patients <laughs> are gonna did. ask about that yeah, a lot. I think like I think most people agree in med school we don't get what we would like as far as like nutrition and exercise like training so that Having that kind of base coming into medical school has been nice for me as well. That's cool. That's cool. It also was cool just because, I don't know, being able to go to the gym with people that are in, like, your classes and actually care about, like, the science behind, like, lifting and nutrition, it was a, it was a fun few years. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Versus, I'll be honest, just, like, knowing how to weigh out certain powders in your analytical chemistry class doesn't really get you far in medicine. <laughs> I mean, but, just, but it was really fun. Yeah. Or knowing your significant digits past, you know, the decimal. You guys remember Ooh, that? Super useful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> different definitions no, of fun. Yeah. I mean, it was fun. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So, I'm just kidding. I think that's a fantastic degree so and a good pre-med degree. Were you able to work in, like, your prerequisites to that degree? Because I had to take a little bit of extra time afterwards because I didn't – I kind of decided on pre-med later. So, mm-hmm. the organic and all that stuff I had to do kind of after my degree was completed. So – I was able to work it in pretty well. I ended up getting biology and chemistry minors just because of all the extra courses I had to take. But I was able to finish in time. I actually finished one semester early, so I went to EMT school for one semester before medical school. Nice. Dang, and yeah. you're one of the youngest people in our class. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I think that, you that's are. For sure. Maybe, yeah. I think our average class age our first year was 24. 
I was 22 coming in. Yeah, so you did straight shot. You went high school, undergrad, four years in med school. Are you exhausted? I'm always exhausted, but (laughs) (laughs) I think it was worth it. (laughs) That's a lot. And I I think you and I, we've always had this conversation, but this is something that when I was your age, I would have never been capable of. That's tough to go through, straight through. Yeah, um, and I def- have such discipline. I definitely respect the people that did that because I, I mean, I graduated at 22 as well, but I also took three years after that to kind of get my life in order and figure this out for sure. So knowing that even before 22 is pretty impressive. See, I appreciate how you guys did it because for me, it was just, I always knew this is what I had to do and I had like a plan to stick to. Whereas if I took a break, yeah. I feel like it'd be a lot harder to come back. I feel like we should all hug now, right? Yeah. Because we all appreciate each yeah. other. Yeah. I mean, there's okay. like, there's like admirable qualities to both of them but i just think it's cool that you guys are doing it at such a younger age i agree well not Thank such you. a younger age as if we're so much older well but. no i am but yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. you're ancient yeah <laughs> no i'm like i could be Teresa's mom tomorrow's my birthday wait hold on <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm turning whoa, whoa. 29 and that oh. feels older oh wow you're so young man that's young thanks that's a good age to be <laughs> i remember that age it was a good age Actually, when I was 29, it was the first time I, I think I learned, uh, you know, what a what a protein molecule looked like. And I was like, whoa, this is cool. Are you going to talk about protein molecules on every single episode or just? No. <laughs> just I'll kidding. Stop. No, remember, uh, I was listening to the, the pediatrics one today just to, mm-hmm. like, listen through it. And you talked about protein globular structures to Dr. Dower. And she's like, oh, cool. <laughs> well, anybody who knows or who listens or comes on knows that I love talking about protein globular structures. No, I mean, it's really cool. And enzyme kinetics and, you know, things that fit. Actually, there's a whole, we could get into it later, but there's this whole biochemistry, like, group collective website where people try to figure out different um, uh, like where they argue, structure, like- no, enzymes that you can make. I think I've heard of this, actually. fit on certain substrates, mm-hmm. and you can, it's in 3D. It's really neat. You, like, design proteins. Right? Correct. Yeah. yeah, and that can help with the Therese part, is like, like, for medicines and Therese stuff, is like, right? wait, yeah. these aren't my people. <laughs> this is exciting <laughs> stuff here. That can help with medicines and stuff. I think that's really neat. So. <laughs> Sorry, got, got off track. This really is the I Am podcast. Excuse really? me. Are we going to talk about sodium next? So, I, I am interested. When you went through your degree. <laughs> I well, am interested. God. When you went through your degree. <laughs> And you knew you wanted to go to medical school. Were you already like, I know internal medicine because I've like seen it before. I've shattered in it. Or like, how did you know coming in? No, let's talk about, first, we got to talk about young Therese. Because that was quick. She only gave us like a 30-second rundown. Yeah, she started at college. Tell us about your life. You grew up as a human. So as a human, young baby (laughs) Therese, I guess related to medicine. Yes. When my father was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, that's what got me interested in medicine. Okay. Because I did a lot of research on what was going on with him. And then I just really like opened my eyes to like wanting to know more about the human body and then just medicine in general. Okay. So that's what initially wanted, made me want to apply to medical school. Okay. And because that's all I really knew, I thought, you know, internal medicine, endocrinology was the way to go. But I would say coming into medical school, doing rotations... That was challenged for a bit. I was stuck between a lot of different other specialties that I didn't even consider at first. But yeah, I ended up going back to internal medicine, obviously, yeah. That's a good choice that you made. Yeah? I concur with that choice. So you grew up, you were like, okay, I'm going to help my dad figure out how to manage his diabetes, Mm -hmm. right? Um, and how was it, like, your family, were they, they're not in the medical field, you said. They are not. So you kind of 
you're kind of just what you're just like looking things up online you're like dad no you should do it like this you should do this is the best way to manage your blood sugar and you were sort of his little doctor absolutely i was so young i was using webmd oh that was my go-to yeah that's That's a good source yeah yeah primary source yeah and i would be telling him hey bobby why don't you try this (laughs) oh i love that (laughs) yeah and so you're but your parents aren't in medicine at all no um but you grew up down here so you're a local i am i'm a local which is which is good for people like me who don't know anything about the area when they came in. Mm-hmm. And you know everything about the area, right? I don't know if I know everything, but I do know a lot. Um, yeah. How was it like ro- growing up down here and then rotating in these hospitals that you maybe even went to when you were Yeah, little? I have. I mean, it was interesting to see it from the other perspective because, like you said, I've been to these hospitals with my family members. Oh, wow. Yeah. Jeez. So, you know, it was. I thought it was very eye-opening to see it from the kind of physician caregiver perspective interesting yeah it was interesting i liked it so you go through undergrad mm-hmm. you what do you do i'm assuming you're doing straight through so you apply your junior year yeah i applied junior year hadn't even taken whoa. physics yet Jeez. it was well, rough but whoa yeah so i applied junior year and i was like i'm hoping for the best if i get into medical so how does that work great. you apply your junior year does that mean like you take the MCAT before you've even taken some of the prereqs? Well, You're supposed before... to take the prereqs before the MCAT, but okay. sometimes if you do it a little bit backwards, yeah. So you prepare for the MCAT. How mm-hmm. many how many weeks or months did you take to prepare I'm for gonna it? I'm going to be honest. I didn't prepare very long. I did it in about three weeks in the summer, and then I went into it, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, three weeks. So you apply with the three weeks. Did you do any shadowing, anything I like that growing up? So I did shadowing with an endocrinologist at Jackson. And oh, that's wow. okay. also was like, for me at that time, solidified, you know, endocrinology is what I want. Okay. What so, did you get to see? Because I remember I did a primary care rotation that ended up kind of just being an endocrinology rotation yeah. here. And it was like thyroid and diabetes was yeah. 90%. Was that similar? Similar because the endocrinologist I shadowed was a diabetes specialist. So we did that. But because it's Jackson, we'd see people in the emergency room who were gunshot wound victims that happened to have diabetes. So it was kind of, you saw everything there. That's interesting. Yeah. So you do that shadowing, you get your MCAT done, right? So you get your MCAT score and you decide, all right, I'm going for it. Well, I applied before even getting my score back. I was just really hoping for the best. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And when you, so you're just, you're born and raised Florida. Did you apply outside of Florida? Absolutely. I applied everywhere. Really? Yeah. Okay. So you apply everywhere and you get the interview here. I do. How do you, what do you, like, your thoughts? My thoughts were this would be perfect. It's a new school. it's up the street. One, it's (laughs) up the street. street. That's great. Two, it's a new school, which I kind of liked the idea of being part of a new program, which for some people would be a turnoff, but for me it was something that I was really interested in. Okay. So I was excited, very nervous the day Mm -hmm. of my interview. Mitchell and I interviewed together, actually. Yeah, me, you, and Jacob Oster. Wow, you guys have things in common. Yeah, we do. Did you talk to each other on interview We did, actually. We actually sat, it was me, her, and Jacob that sat next to each other Mm -hmm. on, like, the corner. I remember where we were. we all ended up coming here. We did. And we were all sitting right next to each other. Yeah. I don't think anyone else was there. No, we did have others. Well, that's all I remember. Who who else was there? We had Mason, Alexa. Mason was at our interview day? Yeah. Alexa? What? And then, yeah. I had no idea. You were sitting across the room from, like, one of your homies? <laughs> one of my homies. Life. Well, I got to tell yeah. them that. I don't think we knew that. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, because I just talked to those two. The only people from my day were Reed and Stephanie. I kind of do remember Alexa now, actually. Yeah, Alexa yeah. was there. Mason, I for sure didn't know. Interesting. Ah, uh, Mason in your face. Shout out. Shout out, Mason. 
So you come, you interview day, you have, are you guys in the same PBL group when you, or they didn't do that no. for your interview we, day? We did, but I wasn't with Mitchell. I was with Alexa on that one. Okay. Yeah. I had some really weird kid who was like <laughs> <laughs> commandeering the whole room, but like in a really distasteful way. Yeah. Did he stand up every time he wanted to talk? No, <laughs> but he was, he was just like really wrong. It, we had, well, I can't say the case. I almost did, but he was really, really wrong about how he was thinking about it, but he knew he was right. So Whoa. we all just kind of were like, nah, man chill <laughs> but he didn't chill Whoa. but dr fine was there she was really nice okay okay mm-hmm. um so you had alexa in your group i did who ended up being your very best One medical school homies, friend yeah, yeah. and shout out, shout out alexa win um, <laughs> <laughs> so here you are you interview you get a good impression right i did so yeah do you we ask everybody this do you remember the day you were accepted yeah, I remember perfectly. I was actually okay, tell in... Tell us the story. Yeah, I was in EMT school. It was actually the day Why that I... Why were you in EMT school? So I don't know. At that time, I was the kind of person who couldn't really go that long without doing something. Okay. So I graduated one semester early from FSU, and I knew if I started medical school, it would be that one semester break and then start in July or August. And I was like, I should do something with my time and decided to go to EMT school. Not a bad idea, in my yeah. opinion. Mm-hmm. Just in case I didn't get in, I'd have something and to do. And you'd have things under your belt as like, oh, my application's improved because I went to EMT school and yeah. then did some... Yes, I, I agree. It's yeah. a great idea. Also, like, a not a guaranteed job, but, like, you know you could get a job as exactly. that for that, like, a year, regardless of how it helps you with applications, so... Yeah. So that was my uh, plan at that point. But I was sitting in the room. I remember it was the day that I had actually told my EMT professor that I was applying to medical school and they were all got excited for me so I told him why I'd be checking my phone and then my phone went off I got the email and I read it quietly in class and I was like guys I got to step out I got into medical school and the whole class kind of clapped for me and then I stepped out it really does (laughs) you call your mom yeah okay absolutely I did and when she said she started crying yeah (laughs) she was excited yeah what month was this you said Actually, I have the picture. I think it was February. Okay, February so you still had March. like some time yeah. to, to relax. You took a picture. Yeah. Aww. Of course, like I did. you took a, like a selfie the day you got no. it. <laughs> no, I took a screenshot of it. So of the I have email? That, yeah. So I, I mean, have that like the email's saved. gonna be in your email, right? I mean, Maybe. sure, but I didn't consider that. I guess <laughs> at that time, the, it's not the official screenshot. <laughs> did you take a screenshot because you were afraid it wasn't real? And you're like, ha ha, they can't back out I also, now. <laughs> I also, you know, being me, I put it on my Instagram story. I was like, woohoo, I'm going to be a doctor. So oh that's why gosh, I had a screenshot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And how many likes did that get? Well, it was a story, so it didn't well, really get, get likes. thumbs up and things. I don't know if it did at that time. Let's get floating emojis. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. So you get in, you tell your, your mom, mm-hmm. you tell your grandma, because she's very invested in this process yeah, too. she is. Oh, and so I told, I told my whole family. Okay. They were all very excited. Did they throw a party for you afterwards? Like an unofficial. Like a big feast. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. let's With go to dinner balloons, kind of thing. You went to dinner. I don't know if there's balloons, Where'd yeah. you go? That I don't remember. You don't remember? No. Did you go to Chili's? Definitely not Chili's. <laughs> Two for 20. No. <laughs> no. I, we, I say that because Therese told me prior to us recording that she ate a Chili's quesadilla. I did. Um, and I said, with all the wonderful restaurants down here, you go to Chili's. Absolutely, I would. No offense, Chili's, but, you know. There is a lot. Sorry, of, not just sorry, Chili's. There's a lot of good food around Chili's here. Chili's is great. Yeah, there's a lot of great food around here. You know, you could have gone anywhere. I could have. But you went to Chili's. Absolutely. I respect <laughs> that. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> well, I love my chilies. They have Good some of the they yeah, have some yeah, of yeah. the best ranch uh, around. I don't first know about of all, that. oh, is that right? The ranch with their chips is fantastic. I haven't tried that. Shout out chilies. You you like ranch with your chips? You got to go to Chewy's. I know, I know. Which Therese, you'll be able to go there. 
I will. You're going to love it. Shout out Chewies. Shout out Chewies. Okay. So you have this big family celebration. And then this is in May. Um, <laughs> sorry. February. February or January, February or March. Somewhere around there. Okay. I got mine on February 15th. Maybe we oh, got wow. it on the same Maybe. day. Maybe. Yeah. We could have been the same wave. That might have. You were probably the week before me. Whatever day he got it is probably the day uh, I got it. I think I got mine earlier than that. Like maybe Feb- I think it was like a week before that. I okay. think it was single digit February. So okay. <laughs> maybe sometime around there. Okay. So do you continue with the EMT class? That's a good question because like why? it is a good question. <laughs> yes. But at that point I was checked out. hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. Okay. There's only a few weeks left, so well everybody says that when you get into medical school, take those couple of months before you start to go relax and they've been saying the same thing for residency as well yeah um i was scribing and still scribing full full time because i i felt bad for taking a job and like you you gotta do it you take it you gotta do it right um and i learned a lot of things about ent super helpful now Mm -hmm. um pediatric ent (laughs) very applicable to internal medicine um but you know ask me about my adenoids can tell you about them if you want to know about them um so you do your emt class but you're kind of checked out and then what you're done when i'm gonna guess marchish yeah marchish april okay and then from april to starting school do you remember that time period i remember doing absolutely nothing yeah i decided i've been in school my entire life nonstop. So I'm yeah. going to enjoy these few months, yeah. Knowing you, you were on your couch. Absolutely was. I'm a professional. <laughs> playing rocker. Fortnite. How many, <laughs> yeah. playing Fortnite and watching TV shows, mm-hmm. how many series did you think, how do you think you got? <laughs> so many. Do you remember during step two, we talked about how many TV shows we went through? Yeah. And it was an embarrassing yeah. amount? Way too many. I always tell people during the um, lunch hour that we have during interview day that I, I've probably watched more television shows in my life. Than <laughs> everyone else combined, like no, like during these four years of med school. Oh yeah, yeah. When we get questions about wellness and stuff, that's what I tell them. I'd say the same. Yeah, yeah. It's you know takes you to a whole new world. I agree. And There's nothing like, better than laying on the couch and doing nothing and living in a different world. Yeah, like a passive observer of mm-hmm. someone else's life. Agreed. It's ideal. Mm-hmm. I wish I could be a fly. Okay, yeah. So I could Maybe. be on walls watching people. Well, I don't know that I go that far, but maybe. So Mitch likes to ask people about when they started med school. So yeah, mm-hmm. so the next few months go by, you're chilling harder than you've ever chilled in your life. And Correct. then you show up and you do that little, I don't know if I'd call it awkward, but that get together at that oh, place in yeah. Davie. At the old Davie school? Yeah, it was nice. It was nice, a little bit awkward. Didn't know anyone. Shout out Eric. They told us to dress casual and he shows up in like a tie. You guys remember that? Yeah, you I don't great. remember that. Um, no, he looked great, but. It was supposed to be casual. I felt bad. <laughs> <laughs> so we do that little thing, and then professional immersion starts. How mm-hmm. was your professional immersion and transition to fundamentals? Like, how was that whole little span of time for you? It was good. I remember thinking positively. I was like, oh, professional immersion has been pretty relaxed. You know, medical school might be okay. I came from doing absolutely nothing to this, and I was feeling pretty confident. And then fundamentals hit, and I was like, oh, this is going to be a little tougher than I thought. You So to me, from an outsider's perspective, you always seem to have it together in terms of your study process. Um, you know, you didn't strike me as someone who ever struggled with it. 
walk us through what sort of what did you have to change coming from undergrad to medical school? What changed for you? So to be completely honest, in undergrad, I had very little to no study routine. It was mm-hmm. kind of a study the night before and hope for the best and got lucky a and lot of the time. it worked out. It did. Yeah. Somehow I ended up here. So then when I got here, you know, things had to change. There's no way that you could do that in medical school. I mean, maybe there are people who could be successful at that, but I'm not one of them. So I just had to change, kind of start studying ahead of time. And I okay. feel like once I got the rhythm of that, it was, you know, it wasn't easy, but it it was doable. And you were a study on campus person, right? Because I would yeah. always see you studying in the little room, in the PBL yeah, yeah. rooms. What was your main, we asked everybody, like, what was your main mode? Like, how did you study? Well, I knew that if I went home, I would just be on my couch watching Netflix okay. for hours on end. So I'd come to campus and study a lot of time with Reed, actually. Oh, he's great. Yeah. We Shout just, out, Reed. We miss you so much. Reed, you're great. Shout out, Reed. <laughs> so we would come to the PBL rooms and kind of just study together. Talk stuff out, put it on the boards. That was the way I studied. Yeah. Okay. And did you use the textbooks that we had, like the online textbooks, or did you use? It's okay. You you can be very honest with whatever you use. There's no right or wrong answer. Everybody yeah. does something different. Hey, we all made it, so yeah, we're yeah. All it worked out in our own way. I wasn't much of a textbook reader. It's I, okay. Most people aren't. I can't like keep my focus that long. So I was more of a YouTube video watcher, video oh, watcher cool. in general, like okay. on the boards beyond. And then anything I didn't know then, if it went beyond the videos, I'd go back to the textbooks for reference, kind of thing but i'd say majority was videos and here we get access to all the textbooks through the library so you don't have to buy physical books or carry them around and we have the ipad so you can um you know just look at the book if you want so you did the um shout out dr jason ryan boards and beyond (laughs) (laughs) which is a fantastic resource Mm -hmm. empathoma that is a wonderful resource so that's dr sitar dr sitar Dr. Sitar School of Medicine. Um, So you did those videos, and those were really helpful for you. Yeah. So that's mostly how I studied throughout medical school. And, yeah, I was going to say, did that kind of carry you through the first couple years leading up to Dedicated? Did you use, like, flashcards for recall? Did you do practice questions? Like, what else did you? So I would do a lot of the videos. I would do a lot of Anki at that time, too. And that helped? Did you do it every day? Like, did you have a set time? Like, okay, for this hour, I'm going to close out studying with this. No, I'm more of a sporadic studier. You're like a, a passive, yeah, casual, yeah. casual Anki user. Yeah, I would is say it so. Anki or Anki? Man, I would say Anki. Deba- I say Anki too. I say right. Anki. All right, I'll switch to Anki gang. All right, it's Anki then. Anki. When you think about the name Hank. Hank. Hank? Yeah. Hank. I think it's a Japanese word, so we'll have to so look it's it up. Like, it's not honk. Nope, it's, it's A-N-K-I. So I'm just going to say Anki and leave honk. it at that. Sometimes I do say Anki, though, so who really cares? Okay, well, you know. You do you do your Anki-Anki I do. Sporadic or casually. Mm-hmm. How I does like. that work? But, well, I hear that you have to keep... I'm not... I've never... I've tried... Uh, it didn't really appeal to me, but I hear, and from what you've told me, Mitch, is that if you fall off... It does, it does pile up, for sure. Okay. So I would just try to modify the reviews. I would try to go through reviews quickly or just make it so that cards that I knew I knew well. Okay. Make it so I don't see them for many, many days. There's, okay. There's different, and, like, you could do a whole episode on, like, studying strategies, mm-hmm. and, like, Anki could take up a good amount of time. You might want to do that in the future. That- probably should. But yeah, you, well, you can do that. To, yeah. You to and keep Joel it, can do it To together. keep it simple, like, yes, you should do Anki every single day to keep up with your reviews if you're trying to, like, keep the space repetition algorithm, like, how it's supposed to be and, like, keep things fresh in your head, truly. It's super powerful, but... 
it depends on what stage of your life you're at. If you're in like dedicated, you may not want to do 300 to 800 reviews a day. It's just not sustainable on top of questions or like third year and fourth year. I didn't use Anki at all. Um, or maybe I would like, and there were certain times I would use it just to look through the cards, like, cause they're, the cards are great as like reference material, review material, but you don't necessarily have to then go review it at the exact time interval. Maybe you just want to do a pass of the cards one time and that's like enough. So I don't think you necessarily have to use it every single day. You can use it as a tool in whatever way you see fit as long as you're doing well. But I think it's important because it's something that a lot of people swear by. And it's people, a lot of people credit their success to that tool. I think it's the single-handedly most powerful study tool there is. Because, you know, these decks are made and they're available and they have the things you need to know on them. And they're customizable too, right, to your liking. And I know that's something that you're really good at is customizing it to however it works for you the way i would do that and like i did use anki pretty religiously through the first two years is yeah i would edit the cards um with explanations that i would make up so like if i couldn't explain it or teach it to somebody else then i probably didn't know it well enough so if i could edit the card and explain a concept or change the way they explained it to my own way that really helped seal it in for me because it was like i was teaching someone even though it was just editing a card so mitch and i have this thing where I always tell him, I always send him my EKGs from my Apple Watch. (laughs) (laughs) No, I tell him, Mitch, what do you think? What about those peak T waves? (laughs) Just sends me a random rhythm strips, like totally normal. Sometimes I feel like my T waves look peaked. And then you ended up putting my picture in the peak T waves on the hyperkalemia peak T waves on one of the M3s. <laughs> it's still circulating. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're welcome. No way. <laughs> no, I think it's just a couple people in the M3 class, but yeah. Nice. And somebody it's asked just, you, like, hey, why is there a picture of Sam? You're just like, hey, smiling. <laughs> smiling. Why is there a picture of Sam under the peak T waves? <laughs> Be- because she always thinks she has peak T waves. He says I don't. I think I do. If anybody wants to look at my rhythm strip, just not a doctor. reach out. Yeah. We're not doctors, so reach know. out. Okay. So that's your method. Do you use a question bank? Yeah. So in I the use, first two years. Ooh, in the first two years? Yeah. We, you know, you, we all use them in the next. In the, I know that I use ReWorld at the end, but first two years, I do like remember using a question. RX or something? Yes. That's okay. the one I use. I use one of those. Okay. That was pretty popular with us first year. Yeah. I don't even know if maybe it was popular like nationwide, but I guess that's just what we kind of all decided on. I think there was a split between that and Kaplan first and second yeah. year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people use Kaplan too. Um, I had it, Kaplan, but I never use it because I used to think that you only used practice questions right before a test to see what your test score would be, which is really mm-hmm. stupid of me. Um, that I finally learned in med school, you should be doing practice questions to get them wrong, to learn from them. 100%. But so, I learned later. Oh, sorry, I stretched. Okay. So how did step one go for you? I don't have to share your score or anything, but how was like the whole dedicated period and like moving from step one into clinicals, like that whole time period? Yeah, so studying for step one was definitely stressful. I would say that I'm someone that is prone to getting a little bit anxious before these big tests. Very much so. Yeah. I think yeah. that's most of us. But yeah. yeah, but if you know Teresa, it's yeah. like that times 10. Sure. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah. a very anxious person. Yeah. And I do think I studied a lot for step one. I struggle with the whole dedicated studying every single day methodically because I'm not a very methodical person. The way I do things is yeah, even Yeah, you said it was, was more sporadic. Yeah. So, I mean, I put in a lot of time for studying for step one, and at the end it paid off. I ended up doing well. Transitioning from step one to clinicals was also, I think, a little bit rough. I mean, I think for me, clinical rotations in medical school was one of the points where I wasn't maybe 
the most content and kind of question this whole going into medicine in general for some of the rotations but so you agree third year is the hardest year I would say so for me it was yeah, I think yeah. we agree too like it, it's uh it was difficult right because yeah. for a lot of people especially in your situation right you're going straight shot through you know high school undergrad med school I don't know what your work history was like, but it probably wasn't like 12 hours a day in the hospital and then going home and also being a student because you're going to have this huge test in three weeks, right? My work history was minimal to none. I came straight from undergrad to medical school. Which a lot of people do. Yeah. Which is very normal. Yeah. Um, And that's why I think third year is kind of the roughest transition because I, I split med school into two different schools, right? First year in you know, your first two years and you think you're supposed to know all this PhD level knowledge. You're not. You're skimming the surface of a lot of things. You have to know a lot of stuff. Um, But you think you need to know it really deeply and it stresses you out unbelievably. Mm -hmm. And then it's it's this abrupt transition into now you work 12 hours a day, but you also need to study as well and know all those things. Yeah. Um, And I think that's really hard. And I think that's where people really struggle with study skills that was very tough for me because I mean I still work on my study skills to this day and having to work a full day and then come home to study was I mean I was always exhausted by the end of a clinical day so you transition from full-time student to full-time student with a full-time job which is more than your most full-time jobs hours wise and it's also you're you're not just working you're performing right Mm -hmm. because you have to get an evaluation because Mm -hmm. that's a big component of your grade and i think this is where people should really temper expectations on test performance it it, it's i'm not saying you should do bad on tests you absolutely shouldn't but know that if your scores and stuff suffer because your time is being directed elsewhere it's very normal and very common for that to happen absolutely and it happened to me i mean i came in Luckily, I did, you know, okay, the first two years of medical school, first clinical exam was kind of a wake-up call for me. That was a hard one. We had internal medicine. We started with IM. That was rough. That was rough for me. Mitch, real smart, should have done what you did. You started studying ahead of time because we had that COVID time. So I'm not generally an advocate for studying ahead of time for anything. but We had time. Yeah, we we had time because we were online for a good period of time before internal medicine. And I knew that if there was anything that was going to pull me away from emergency medicine, it was probably emergency medicine, or sorry, it was probably internal medicine because I liked cardiology and critical care. So I did take it seriously. The thing, and it did really pay off. I did really well on an internal medicine, but I did very average on everything else. So I think it was because of this. Um, Yeah, what I did was I went through all of online med ed, like Mm -hmm. the videos, which a lot of the incoming third years, I guess their second years that are about to be third years, whatever, um, they don't really know what online med it is. Or a lot of them don't. What? A lot of them really don't. Oh, we need to tell them about it. Uh, so I'm trying Use to. Use online med ed. I've talked to like three or four of them. Dusty. Just, yeah. Was that <laughs> Dustin, right? Yeah. His name's Dusty. Dusty. Right? Oh, sorry. Oh, we'll call him Dusty. It's What's fine. What's Dr. I just know his name's Dustin with a Y, I think. Oh, is it Dustin? Yeah. Never mind. I'm sorry. It's not <laughs> Dustin. Oh, Dusty, Dustin with a Y? He's a bald guy. He always wears like uh, some polos and a tie he got from Goodwill. It, it looks of really old school. Of all the like online video learning modalities, it is my absolute favorite. It's right up there with Boards and Beyond, and I'm a huge advocate for Boards and Beyond. I personally think it's above Boards and That's Beyond. Fine. but It's more clinically applicable, which is yes. the reason it's so good. So it's free, completely free, first of all, which is amazing. 
uh, and they, they walk you through every single subject that you'll see during third year. And the medicine section is huge. Like it goes through poem, hemonc, you know, and then everything they're giving you is not only applicable for the shelf exam, it's also really applicable for real life, which is like, you have this problem, here's all the different things that you could see, here's all the different things you could do. And he just breaks it down just so like no BS, straight to the point, but with enough details to carry you through. Please watch those videos. Yeah, they're awesome. And their logo is a cat. <laughs> and you can buy their little pocket guide I bought. I liked it. Yeah, some people bought that. Yeah. I, I didn't. Um, I actually did during that little online period before Third Year started. I did do the Anki cards, like the step two Anki cards for the online med ed content. And then right when the rotation started, I stopped Anki completely forever. Um, but I did find that helpful. I bought an online med ed subscription because I know they're free. But when you buy the subscription, you actually have access to the questions that are after the videos. And they're really good. And they have good explanations. So you certainly don't have to do it. I did it. Um, and I liked those questions, but you watched them all before. I think I just did what I normally do and what Therese probably does, which is watch TV shows. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> honestly, I didn't watch too much online med ed personally. No, I mean, clearly maybe I should have, but what I did it was, was a good one. Yeah, I probably should have, but I did <laughs> you world and then step up to medicine, the book. Yes. You yeah. world as well. That is absolutely key. You have to do UWorld while you are in the clerkships going through them. You must. And if you don't already know this, because some people don't, um, when you have a new UWorld account, you can reset the account fully one time. So you can feel free. like, And think about when you're probably going to take step two a year in advance. Like, I wouldn't activate it before May because you're probably going to take step two at the earliest in May mm -hmm. and you have a year subscription. So if you feel like paying the extension fee or whatever, that's fine. But if you're trying to just do the one year and be done, activate it in like June, maybe early July, um, which should be in time for most rotations and then start working through them. Um, I think, I don't know how y'all feel, but I, I really like tutor mode. Um, oh, I, absolutely. I would on rotations, I would do tutor untimed, mm -hmm. um, but like my general go-to when I do practice questions is tutor timed, um, just so that I'm not taking forever or dozing off. And <laughs> tutor. Like, <laughs> 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 tutor mode timed. Um, so you'll still have the clock ticking down when you're doing the question, but once you click uh, submit answer and, and look at it, it stops the clock. Yes. Um, and I think that's the best. I would do, yeah, tutor mode when I was at the hospital, if I had downtime and I didn't have anything to do, um, just regular straight tutor mode. Super important. Read the, that is the value in your world is reading the answer explanations. It's like a book. It's got everything you need to know. Beautiful figures. That's where you world really shines. I mean, in that's my opinion. most of the studying I did third year was all of you world. I always did it tutor untimed. Okay. I know that people who struggled with timing on the test would like to do the time just to kind of see where they are mm -hmm. time-wise. Uh, luckily, I don't, I maybe unluckily, I moved too quickly through the questions, so I didn't have to maybe do them time, but tutor mode, reading the explanations fully, that's how I learned a lot. Yeah, I would recommend having a block of tutor untimed open uh, so that you can access it whenever you're on rotation. And if you can have multiple blocks open, you can uh, you can even have it on a, on your phone. There's yeah. an app. It's, yeah, it's it's incredible. And so like do anytime. a few like log off, you know. Yeah, and do um, anything you can get done. I would say set a goal to say I'm gonna do 20 a day, and that's better that's than doing nothing. That's a lofty goal. I mean, oh, like, that would be awesome. I feel yeah, like. Yeah. Okay. For it, for like. That's what I would do. 20 a day. Yeah, that, that's a good goal. But I didn't pre 
do them. Fair. Um, I would just do straight 20, no matter what, I had to do 20 a day. And then when I went to surgery, I was like, no matter what, I got to do 40 <laughs> a day because well, I had it, to do good on that and shelf. And it varies too. Like when you go on UWorld, you'll see the shelf like section where it divides it into shelves. And medicine overwhelmingly has more questions mm-hmm. per day. I think um, 1,100 or 1,500. Yeah, it's close to 1,500, I think. And, you know, versus surgery has like close to 1,000, like mm-hmm. eight or 900. And that's the same amount of time. So it's obviously less work to do all the surgery versus do all the medicine. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of medicine on surgery. So I would just really go hard on your internal medicine rotation, especially if that's something you uh, like. Do y'all want to talk about kind of what your your internal medicine rotation was like? Because that was really important. Yeah, that's what we're couple here for. months for us, yeah. particularly. And we were all there during the same time. So for mm-hmm. us, the exciting and also scary thing was is we were the charter class, the first class from our school to ever go to that hospital for internal medicine. It was our first rotation too. And mm-hmm. it was our first rotation ever. A lot and of this anxieties. Is in the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. We're talking what, September, October 2021. So there was yet no vaccine available yet. Um, and you, we were coming in at a time where, you know, you still had third years from the previous year who were now fourth years making up third year clerkships from the shutdown so we had a lot of students on our team um and you know probably minimal amount of staff going into rooms because of covid so it was a very interesting time to start um i just remember showing up and kind of not knowing where to go i remember that we finally found like the hospitalist room which is kind of the area that the residents and stuff hung out and I met my team, which I didn't even understand, like there were teams and they started just assigning us to people. I like maybe you guys did, but I didn't know anything about the structure or hierarchy of like internal medicine. I knew the ER and that's all I knew. No, so, I didn't either. Yeah. Like I knew like what an attending was. But when they were saying like, oh, this is your like the senior and this is like the intern and this is like the fourth year med student, the sub I, I'm like, I don't know what these words mean yet. So they put me on the team one. I was with Joel. Shout out Joel great resident, Joel John. Um, He was a senior. uh, And then we had Dr. Kamali and Dr. Katani, which were, they were both awesome. I had a Nova Dio student. And then I think there was two or three of us. So it was a pretty big team. And an FIU student too. Yeah, we had five students on our team, two interns, one senior, an attending physician. Huge teams. Big teams. Yeah. So there'd be times where, you know, we would at best get one a day wow yeah at certain um, points and then sometimes it's like okay well we don't have enough patients to give <laughs> the med students and so i'd be like well you just double up sub i you can have my no we didn't we didn't have enough patients to give the med. oh like, no i would just give my patient to the sub i because right. you know that's the person that should have the highest up right and he's yeah. gonna go into internal medicine so you take it oh i might follow you and learn from you right See, um, because I'll have my sub eye in a year. So yeah, even at the same hospital, even the same rotation, same time, there's only two students on my team, me and Neha. Shout out to Neha. Shout out Neha. <laughs> but yeah, we ended up getting a lot of patients. And I remember we ended up staying late a lot of the days too on our team. They would give us, you know, two to three starting off. And at that point, you're like, wow, two to three patients. And just starting first rotation, I remember I'd be writing just pages. Oh, you were running around full of notes. Like- stress yeah i remember I seeing you i was I very stressed seeing you very very stressed out yeah they lot. just threw us into the deep end there but i appreciate it because i got to understand more about what internal medicine was and mm-hmm. i also remember every time i had an ekg i'd run to mitchell 
Aww. and I just the EKG. I was very disgruntled my first two weeks of internal medicine. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, all we're doing is checking, like, making sure everybody's numbers are within a certain range. I That's mean, essentially internal medicine, yeah. and then you just update people about people all day. That's how I broke it down. I mean, that's what it felt <laughs> like. On the surface, and then, I guess. you know, you spending, you see attendings, they're 30 seconds in a room, right? Um, and I, I just felt very, like, disgruntled. But then I realized, then it started to grow on me. And I, and I realized, okay, this is really entirely what you make of it. Yes, we're checking the levels and making sure everybody's, you know, that lab values are within a certain range, kind of like a video game. But it, it's interesting to know more about the type of labs we're running and i can spend more than 30 seconds in a room i can i can do that um and that's when i started to really like it yeah i think the biggest misconception uh, maybe not a misconception but there's a perspective that medical students have of internal medicine where either they read about it online or they just hear about it and they just think it's rounds and charting rounds and charting like that's literally all you do and I realized on my rotation that it was so much more than that. And like just the amount of thinking and planning and action that actually does happen is is quite a bit. Um, it was similar, I don't know, I liked internal medicine so much because when I was doing EMT stuff and we would like drop patients at the ER, I was like, oh, I wanna see what happens next in the ER. And then I worked in the ER and it, you know, people would like go to the cath lab or get admitted or go to the ICU and you're like, dang, like, there's a lot that's about to happen with that patient. Like, I'm just never going to see it on to the next patient. So that was what I liked the most about my rotation was seeing, getting to know people like really deeply, really understanding like how they got in here and like how we're going to get them out, which I feel like you is. You wanted to finish the story. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of what it boils down to is like, why are they even in our hospital? And like, what are we going to do to make them better to get them back home or out of here, out of the hospital at least, because that's not a great place to be. Mm -hmm. Um so. It's a horrible place to be. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> you, might, you would know. <laughs> like it just, yeah. It's not fun being in a hospital. For anybody in the hospital, it's, just, it's, a, it's a terrible day for them. We're going to spend every day there, but like patients are still going to be there on like probably one of the worst days, I, worst I think weeks. The, the patients I like connected with the most is ones that I feel like we kind of broke down that barrier where it's like we – I like let them know I understand it sucks being here, but like I truly want to get you out of here and like mm -hmm. let's figure that out together because um, they're just normal people generally. That's what I love about IM is that you can – well, I have this ideal version of IM that I in my head think it exists and it's how I'm going to practice it is that like I go see my patient and I can call different consult services – but like I still get to go bring all that information to my patient and sort of tie it all together for them instead of saying, well, the cardiologist should have stopped by and did they talk to you? But still being that one source, it's like being a primary care doctor, but in the hospital. That's ideally, I imagine, what it is um, in its truest form. Therese? Yeah, I think for me, the reason I liked I am so much, I mean, maybe this is kind of like the cheesy way of thinking about it, but it felt where like you know you'd think the most sometimes the patients present and it's almost I guess in a way like a riddle you're trying to figure out what's going on and I really enjoyed the thinking behind it mm -hmm. and that's the main reason I felt that I felt that pull towards I am and beyond that also I like being able to follow my patients long term like Mitchell was saying when I was in EMT school doing my ride-alongs I kind of felt the same thing Mitchell did 
I always ask them, I was like, so do you guys ever get, you know, follow-ups on what happens to the patients that we work with? And they said, you know, sometimes they'll post a flyer in the workroom and you could see what happened to this patient, but for most of the time, no. You kind of just send them off to the next step. I think it was Nasser or Chase I was talking to, one of the, or, yeah, it was Chase. He was talking about how radiology kind of touches every uh, part of the hospital in some way, and I feel mm-hmm. like internal medicine is similar in that, yeah, it does really touch every single part of medicine in that, you're taking admissions from the ER, so like you're in the ER quite a bit, which, you know, that's its own environment. You're reading scans just like you would in the ER. Um, it touches the ICU where you have some of the sickest patients. Um, you're still going to be responding to rapids and codes and just really sick patients. It touches primary care. So it really does hit the full spectrum of medicine, if that's what you like, not to mention all the different specialties it touches, like the cath lab and the cardiology or outpatient specialty clinics. Like it's the the breadth and variety of IM is also what drew me to it. It's so fun. It's like being at Disney World. You can do everything and anything. You just get like a one price admission ticket and you can go on all the rides, (laughs) which is really, really awesome. uh, That's a good analogy. Especially if you have FOMO like me, like I I can't give up, you know, the the liver for the heart, the lungs for the butt, (laughs) you know, like, or the stomach, you know, the colon, things like that. I just want to know it all. Yeah. And I think that it, uh, I feel like I am maybe... Whoa. Oh, sorry, guys. Just getting a spam phone call. Excuse me. I think I am. uh, (laughs) Sorry, that got me. (laughs) I think I am more so than anything touches, you know, it it, it attracts a large variety of people. Like, I think each of us have our own very unique interests. You're interested in like endocrinology, you primary care and teaching. Like, I like critical care and teaching and like cardiology and those are very different like mindsets and different day-to-day lives but it's like the entry point to all of those yeah still like critical care yeah those are like the two things i'm like if i didn't do cardiology i think i would go do that so i mean i would say i enjoy i am also because of the variety i came in endocrinology i did my critical care rotation and i actually ended up very much enjoying critical care too so i mean going into i am i just have the opportunity to kind of do you know something as like endocrinology where you have zero procedures kind of outpatient work to critical care where I'd be doing procedures most of the day maybe and working with patients who are you know critically ill so that's part of the reason I like it too I don't think I'll end up in critical care I think I will end up in cardiology I I say I like critical care because I like a lot of the aspects of critical care similar to how I like a lot of aspects of emergency medicine Mm -hmm. but I don't think that a career working in the ICU is for me and I, when I say the ICU, I love the ICU. I love aspects about it, but only in the ICU every day. I don't think that's for me, but maybe we'll see where I'm at in three years. Yeah, we'll do a catch-up episode in three years and see where Mitch is at. Where all of us are at. Oh, yeah. Hopefully alive. <laughs> uh, hopefully. <laughs> I think uh, I think our perspectives will change, too. Like, we're, we're sitting here talking as fourth-year med students about to be interns. We haven't done a day of residency yet. Mm-hmm. So no. I think our perspective – well, I know our perspective will be a lot different in two years from now uh, or even six months from now mm-hmm. than, you know, because if you would have asked me three years ago, I'd have been like, yeah, I'm pretty – like 95% sure I'm doing EM, but, like, who knows? And who knows? Here we are. So I was going to be a pediatric oncologist. Yeah. I even said things. I remember. That things like, oh, I can't imagine not working with kids. <laughs> what? I remember when Who you were saying those, those things. And that, I mean, that's just in a short three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, everything can change. A lot has happened in four years. Yeah. Like a lot. It's gone by really quick, but I think myself, I've had a lot of personal growth and professional growth. So I'm excited to see where the next three years go. So yeah, to any potential IM applicants, feel free to reach out to to at least me and Sam. Therese, I'm sure you're open to. They can reach out to me as well. <laughs> right, She's a really good mentor, by the way, if anybody oh, well, thank you. needs any inspiration. Um, she's a good role model. So. Just if you have any questions about I am, because yeah. it, it is hard to understand unless you're going through it in a rotation or a mm -hmm. sub I or something. It does look like one way from the outside and it's very different on the inside. To me, to sound like a pompous person, it's the king of all medicine. So, you know, it's, it's everything. Internal medicine is everything. Maybe family medicine as well, in my opinion. I think those are the two reigning supreme specialties. Um, and then, you know what, let's add EM up there, too, because I think if, if there was an apocalypse, an emergency medicine doctor would probably be super, you know, necessary. That's what I choose my 30-year career as <laughs> dreams on. <is laughs> you never know. Which one would be like, the most you gotta, useful? You got to think about that, right? That's, uh, that's very important. That's fair. There's All the specialties are amazing and wonderful, but internal medicine is the best. I mean, I'd agree. I think we're in a room of people that would agree that, you know, internal medicine's great, but yeah. Also, internists love listening to themselves talk. So, again, <laughs> we have a podcast. <laughs> I don't know so that we love listening to ourselves talk. <laughs> well, maybe we do, yeah. and we just don't realize it. Maybe. Why else would you start a podcast <laughs> if you didn't like listening to yourself talk? Because it's helpful, maybe entertaining to some. Oh, okay maybe same yeah mm -hmm. same um and the amount of stuff you can teach in internal medicine oh my gosh it's everything and the have you read the harrison's textbook of internal medicine oh you know mason beautiful just textbook. gave me his he gave it to he you? didn't he never cracked it open because the kid's a surgeon he's so, never gonna no need way. it he can just so he gave me harrison's yeah like thanks man harrison's people if you're reading can you make the pages a little bit thicker i don't mind if it's going to be <laughs> well, heavier i did open it they're pretty dang they're thin. thin it's like a newspaper you can they tear easily and i i like to preserve my beautiful book so i think that's a really wonderful book so one thing maybe we could talk about before i think we should move on to applications and talk about oh yeah, yeah we gotta IM. get that yeah because that's important maybe just give one tip for your im rotation for the the incoming third years that are probably going to listen to this sarah therese because she's our guest of honor mm -hmm. i think one tip i would give hmm i would say not to kind of I mean, it's easier said than done because I'm someone who gets so anxious and stressed, but really not to overthink it. Go in there. They give you a patient. Truly just learn what's going on with your patient and just tell them what's going on. Don't try to overthink, you know, maybe what you think the patient has or how you would treat them yourself. You're starting off. Just work on realizing what your patient has and the best way to present it to your team first. I have an addition, step by step. addition to that from somebody here. They, they said, uh, as a third year, your job is to be an excellent information gatherer. Yeah. And fourth year should be when you start to learn to synthesize. Mm -hmm. So if you can go in as a third year and just get an awesome history, like get all the details, but still be focused and don't be saying what meal they had three weeks ago. And you can really get everything you need to know and present it and like have an assessment that's like reasonable, which I think you can after going through PBL and stuff, you can at least come up with a differential. It doesn't have to be the best one. You don't have to know the entire plan, but if you can just do that, you're already gonna be killing I am. Yeah. I Unless they ate that meal in a country where hepatitis A is very well, endemic, oh then you have gosh. to worry about sure, that. Or good. they ate raw pork, and then they could have, you know, 
a trichinosis type of situation. For sure. So I'm sure that's what, what they, they ate three weeks ago might be relevant. It might, but it might not. But go spend a lot of time with your patients. This is the only opportunity you have to really get to just sit in a room and chat with somebody. Mm-hmm. Your residents are never going to see it. Your attendings who write your evaluations will never know you spent 30 or 40 minutes in there. It doesn't matter. That's Nobody from school is going to know. It's not going to go on an eval. But that patient, it will mean the world to them that somebody is sitting in there just chatting with them on probably one of the worst days or weeks of their life. It's also like that's – it's not – like you said, it's not for your application. It's not the impressing one. It's for your own personal growth. Mm-hmm. Like, and for that person in the room – the person in the room. Yeah, both he, of those. It's miserable being in there. And somebody coming in and brightening up your day when you're not allowed to have visitors, it's incredible. Um I know I appreciated it when you guys came to visit me. So it's it's very, very, it means a lot to people. So if you can do that and exactly what Therese said, exactly what Mitch said, and try to get a presentation structure down and don't be offended when a new attending tells you that it's not good and they want you to do it their way. Get w- used to that right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. I will say my biggest weakness all through third year was oral presentations. I was Same. I, it was my biggest anxiety. Like it really was. I had to really work on it, especially in, in the beginning. It, I think my presentations were okay. Like they were average, but I thought I just never knew like what I was going to say and how I was going to structure it. So that was a huge one for me. Take time to like get feedback on it and just keep working on it. And don't worry about if you're good at it at first. The best advice I got was from Dr. Glenn Miller. Shout out Dr. Miller. Shout out. Um, don't prepare anything longer than two minutes, but know everything that could be 20 minutes worth of stuff. Mm-hmm. They ask you questions, you have the answers. Yeah, like that's what the focus presentation is. And I love that, but that might not be the way to do it in IM, but I just came out the gate doing it that way. It worked out fine. Um, it wasn't until I got to my GI elective where I had some serious coaching on my presentation skills that I'm actually, shout out Dr. Kaplan, super, super grateful for. It, it was so helpful. Um, I would say, you know, kind of another thing, as someone who may be a little more sensitive on the, don't take feedback personally. No, never. They really are just trying to help you a lot of the time. Yep. Some people present it more aggressively than others, but I think you really just need to listen to what they're saying, not how they're saying it. And even if they're not, even if they're being just a jerk and they're like, there isn't anything to glean from it, that's fine. Yeah. You're never, you're like, after this rotation, whatever, you're not going to see them again. Agreed. Literally take what you can out of it and move on. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Mm-hmm. My my tip would be to just get everything out of the rotation that you possibly can, um, whether that be like looking at all the scans, like Chase said, looking at all the scans for your patients and like at least looking at them and trying to read them yourself to learn from that. Um, if your patient is doing a procedure, go watch the procedure if you can. Like I, I really like cardiology, so any of my patients that ever went to the cath lab, I really tried to go watch Asterix, the cath lab procedure. If you can. Yeah, if you can. It's not always possible, and you won't know all the time either. Don't be that student that just shows up, especially if it's not your patient, to other people's no. patients, like procedures no. and stuff. Do not do that. Let me just say how to do it properly. Yeah, Mitch will give you some good advice. Yeah, first, yeah, you have to have some social awareness. You can't just be like popping up everywhere and being in people's way. Um, a colonoscopy so, is a very private thing. Yes. If you didn't know. So one of my patients um, was she had ACS and needed to go to the cath lab to get a stent. So when I knew we would consult the cardiology urgently, so I kind of just like waited around for the cardiologist to show up, 
And I introduced myself to the cardiologist after they had seen the patient. I wasn't like getting in their way, delaying their consult, like don't do that. So afterwards I walked with them, I don't like stop them. I introduced myself and I was like, hey, can I come to the cath lab later to watch? And if, if you come off like a, not overly eager, but like a truly interested medical student who's not gonna burden them and like add additional time and stress, they're gonna say yes nine times out of 10. First ask your patient though. Yeah, I had already I had already been like, hey, would it be okay if I watched this procedure later? I'm not going to be involved in it. I'm not going to touch you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just watching, and they will generally say yes. But uh, just try to get those experiences because no one will give them to you. Um, you don't have to go watch those things, and it's only if you're truly interested. But I love those experiences. I got to see an EP procedure, like an electrophysiology, like ablation on my sub eye. It was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And before that and after that, I've never seen electrophysiology, and that's something I might want to do. So I think just having those experiences to draw back on is, is worth it, and it doesn't cost you anything. And like you said, social awareness is very important. If it's a private issue or if we're dealing with, you know, like if like if it's a breast exam if it's a pelvic exam rectal exam you know you you want to check with your residents that it's okay for you to be in there yes you need to learn those things but also you kind of have the rest of your med school and career to learn those things this isn't your one-time shot if a patient's visibly uncomfortable you know just sort of read the room if you Um, can if you can read the room is a great tip yeah Uh, especially if you're rounding and you're with a team like if you have an attending, if you have a resident and maybe a couple of med students, it's not your time to be asking questions and to be like popping in and um, especially, and I've seen this like a couple of times, like if you hear something a resident says or you hear something an attending says and you either think it's wrong or you know it's wrong for whatever reason, th- you need to defer, generally speaking. It's totally fine to ask a clarifying question later and be like, hey, I heard you say this. I had always thought this, like, is this true? Or whatever, but there's no reason to like correct people unless it's gonna hurt someone. Go look it up later on your own. It's not worth the ego. Does that make sense? Yeah, I generally agree with that. I mean, you just really need to be aware socially a lot on these rotations. You'll see, you know, there's times where you'll see others who may not be. I think the biggest thing is just always ask the patient. Like Samantha was saying, on my sub I, I had to end up doing a lot of rectal exams. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the attending would just be like, go in there and start the exam. And I know that a lot of people maybe just go in there and expect that the patient would be okay with a medical student doing the exam. But you always want to ask what they're comfortable with and let them know what you're doing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then another thing is, is when we talk about social awareness, and I think I've mentioned this on a previous episode, but... Do not sit in your residence chairs at their computers. Yeah, they generally have like their little spot. If they walk into the room and you see them with that look on their face, like they're looking for an empty bus seat on a bus, get out of the chair and say, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) You don't have to apologize. I just be like, oh, here's this chair. I'm leaving. Don't, don't, don't just keep sitting there doing your you world. They have more work to do than you. They have to do their job. Um, and then if you see them like typing up notes and stuff and they look a bit like, oh, this is note one of 10, maybe like don't ask a whole ton of questions. Yeah, you can't. Just say like, hey, when you get an opportunity, can I ask you a couple questions? Let me know. Send me a text. They'll appreciate that. They'll be like, all right, thanks. Yeah, I'm pretty busy. I'll get to you later. And at least you know. And then that's a great time to do your U-World on your own or something. Yes. Great time. Yeah, bring a laptop or like find a random computer like 
we <laughs> oh we were the kings of finding yeah, random computers there there's a place uh next to the hospitalist room you'll find like random conference rooms and stuff that are free 90 percent of the day and you can just like log on to their projector computer and like do uworld together as a group we ended up doing that a lot a yeah lot. we really yeah. did and it was fun all right, you want to talk about applications? Yeah, let's talk about applications. So we all applied. Oh. I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was gonna say, what did you guys apply to? <laughs> and this this whole like going through this whole process, I'm so happy I had the two of you to talk to about it. Me too. Um, I know some people prefer keeping it quiet, not talking about interviews, but I think the three of us were all very open about it. Us three were all super open. Yeah, super helpful. Because I don't see it as a dig at myself. I'm just like, okay, all right, not cool. That might be coming, or am I not? Obviously, just... not like everyone in our class, but I feel like as a whole, uh, there's a lot of people in our class who are super fine being open and just being like, yeah, I applied to this many. Or even like my close friends, like we all just talked about like our test scores openly and like how mm-hmm. things are going or like what we're stressed about. And it's very helpful, especially within the little IM crew here. I agree. The whole IM crew actually was pretty – like I, we were all very. Yeah. If I asked anyone anything, they'd be very open to tell yep. me. Yeah, which is helpful. I mean, it's not even, it's not even like that you need that information, but it's just the fact that you're comfortable enough sharing that with mm-hmm. each other was was helpful. So yeah, I applied to 53 places. I don't know. I applied to 91. Right. <laughs> I applied, I think, to about 75 or 80. Okay. Was my final. Good count. range there. Yeah. I, I remember, like you and I, every <laughs> step of the way, yeah. and I'm actually very grateful for it. Mm-hmm. Going through and. You know, I think you sent me your list of applying, and then at the very last minute, we both went in and applied yep. to every single, every single Florida program. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, we have this thing in common where we undersell ourselves a lot, and yeah. we're very anxious mm-hmm. and extremely risk adverse. Right? Someone would call it neurotic, but yeah, which Some actually would. <laughs> ner- neurotic, you know, uh, neuroses is linked to shorter lifespan. Just there was a, a paper okay. that well. came out and said that, so we might want to work on to, that. Yeah. 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 Um, or, you know, as Neha says, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Yeah. So we could follow that route That's as good well. Advice. Sure. Um, so I applied 91. You applied somewhere in the high 70s. Yeah. Um, for the cycle prior to ours, the 2021 cycle, the average number of internal medicine applications per JAMA article was 71. Okay. Which is a lot. That is a lot. I'm pretty sure it's higher now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that information can be found haven't looked it up yet been kind of riding a wave how did you end up picking those places like what was your criteria how did you narrow it down at all like i don't so, think we had criteria <laughs> no it's I fine mean, That's- at the beginning the initial list definitely was the programs that are i was like you know these are the ones that i've looked at really interested in doing these and then, and then at the point where we were just adding programs add programs because we were being you know kind of neurotic and scared being from a new program we didn't know how it would go for us this application cycle at that point i was just adding programs you know close to home programs that I saw had, you know, maybe procedural training that I was interested in and just threw them in there. But did you do like a geographic like area? Did you yeah. stop past a certain area? So let's area? talk about the supplemental. Oh yeah. I forgot about because that. It's gonna it's here to stay. Okay. Um, which is in my opinion unfortunate mm. that it's here to stay. Mm. I don't I'm not a fan of it. I can see where programs might be a fan of it, but I feel like it was just one more thing to add to the strife of it all i hate it there i said it <laughs> i wasn't a fan thank you for saying it. you're like looking at me like like why does he have this look on his face like i'm in trouble and he's like i hate it no um, it's, it, it, it was it was it was pointless i'm a little pessimistic but i 
I would bet money they're going to charge money for it within five years. I think it's just going to be like the new secondary for medical school. It's the mm-hmm. same people that do the medical school applications. Not a big fan. And it's completely, in my opinion, it's restrictive for one. Because Absolutely it is. restricting people to, to geographic areas, mm-hmm. let us decide that. You know, let us decide, like, maybe the place I'm going was not on my geographic preference, but it's the right place for me. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing is they're so, making you preference things before preemptively. Before you even interview there. And then on top of that, you have the signals. You like, signal your top five programs that you've never even interviewed at? Yeah. Like, that's, you didn't and know. I'm going to a program I didn't signal. I yeah didn't see myself, you know. I think up. it's silly, yeah. and I think if they really thought those were meaningful questions, just put them in the primary. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm open about that. Not a big fan. Are you going to a place that you signaled? I am. Okay. I'm not. I'm not either. Yeah, not even geographically. I am. I'm not. <laughs> we're just throwing out data <laughs> points here. I think here. it was within the geographic location, but how not many interviews did you get at your your signals? Ooh, your five that's a tough signals. question. I think I ended up getting four. You got four out of your five signals? Yeah. I got one. <laughs> <laughs> so the signals were really uh, useful. So maybe I just suck. No, I don't think it's that. I signals. got two. Oh, you got two. Two out of okay. my five. Two out of your five. Um, yeah, it was a tough one. Yeah. It was a tough one. If you're someone like me who's kind of from everywhere and doesn't have a home, it was a rough having that was rough like i thought all right i'll get every florida one no i'm Uh, not a floridian not according to a lot of the programs here mm. so it it was just i didn't like it i would love to see like a or just talk to a bunch of pds to see if they cared or liked that stuff at all and the thing is like i'm sure the amc will have some survey where they're like oh did you see oh i filled it out no 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 that the program directors will will answer and be like they did it's published Okay, did they... I, gotta that, get to, I should pull, I'll pull up the results on that because we should talk about Was that. it about like if they found the supplemental application useful? Correct. It was so useful that they're bringing it back again Okay, next year. here's the thing. I don't think that survey is even fair because, of course, they're going to be like, yeah, it was fine. It was, But, like, that's. I don't feel like they're going to give honest answers when it's just an AMC survey. I don't know. I'm not a big fan, but whatever. It, what they do is what they do. We have no, no power about it. My point is that as a student, as an applicant, it doesn't really matter because you're signaling five places we applied to between 53 and 90 places the vast majority of places you will not signal it's not going to hurt you and you can't you can only signal five places so like pick the five you feel like you'd want to go to and just forget about it yeah and at the end of the day we didn't even end up using a place that we signaled so exactly and you know i will say though we were we were the first this was the first cycle they used it for im yeah we were so nervous about it Yes, we were. Because it was like, oh, my God, if this place knows that we're not on their signal, like, they're going to know we signaled a region. It's going to say this is their signaled region, but then I'm not one of their signaled program. They're not one of my signaled programs. They're never going to interview me. Um, that sort of level of stress to add to an already neurotic group of people in general, not cool. Yeah, the regional signal also I thought was tough because, you know, I'm just, you know, me and my cat, and I'm willing to go anywhere. In this country, so exactly. to go to a good program and for me to have to signal certain regions really was restrictive because anywhere I applied outside of those regions would note that I didn't signal that you location. You do have the option of saying I don't have a geographic preference, but you then do. you start to worry like, yeah. oh, if I put I if I don't if I put that I don't have a geographic preference, does that mean this this school in Arkansas isn't going to interview yeah. me because they know I don't have a geographic? Should I tell them I'm super interested in staying in Florida? It is. 
torture. It is. Why? I agree. I mean, we could sit here and talk about it, but regardless, it is what the application is. At least for surgery, they had it Mm -hmm. too this year. They didn't have a geographic preference. Oh, I didn't know that. They just got a signal program. Hmm. Um, So maybe do that, ERAS. Overlords of the ERAS. They're not listening. They don't care. (laughs) All right. Well, okay. (laughs) All right. So you had 70... 75 to 80 places. 75 to 80 places. Now, this was kind of cute. Your mom was very involved in the process with you. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. Um, I'm always fascinated with people and their parents. Yeah. She um, tries to do what she can to help me. I love that. I yeah. met your mom. I think she's an incredible human being. You're very, very, very lucky. So Thank are you, you, Mitch. Your mom's cool. And your dad. Shout out mom and dad. Shout out mom and dad. Um, that must be nice. Uh, so you <laughs> have... You 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 have this many programs. Mm-hmm. Remember when you got your first interview? Do you remember? I do. Yeah, I know yeah. you do. I remember. I remember I texted you and Mitchell right away. Yep. I was like, guys, I got one. Yeah, yeah. I remember Mitch got a couple. Um, and I remember standing at the soda machine in the ICU, and you're like, oh man, I don't want to say. That's a bad. dark place. Because I just Ugh. I just know you're gonna get an interview because I hadn't gotten anything yet, and we're we're talking three days after the application was submitted, and you felt bad about telling me. I'm like, Mitch, I don't care. I'm excited for. No, you. I remember that, and I think that I and it was like a weird thing because like we haven't gone through it before, and I didn't realize this until you do it. But like once you start getting interviews, you realize like, oh, if I like tell my friends and they don't have them like is it going to make them feel weird but then we were just like nah man who cares let's just tell like let's just be honest with each other yeah i I want you to get all the interviews it's not about me it's about you and that moment on we just were open though yeah we were very open i remember we all spoke about it like we don't mind just tell us whatever happens just keep it real for some people it's hard it's 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 anxiety inducing and i get that that's the thing is that i didn't want like maybe and I, i know we're like we're homies and stuff but like i don't know what people Maybe people do want to keep it private or they are feeling it. So you don't want to just go out of your way and start talking about what you're doing because you don't know if they even want to share that stuff. So there's a little bit of a weird feeling that we hadn't experienced before. The overall thing to take away from this is please don't ever compare yourself to someone. I know it's a natural thing to do, especially being in med school, especially being in a very competitive field. Um comparing yourself to others just it doesn't get you anywhere it'll be exhausting yeah and there's no point there's no point because you will never be that person and they will never be you we're all very different in this room um you know but there i would lie if i said there were times where i'd be like oh man they didn't invite me but you say that to yourself i mean sad at your desk for one second when you think about (laughs) it this way you know a program that invites mitchell for an interview versus a program that invites me or you we're all very different applicants. Mm-hmm. They're inviting us all for very different reasons. Yeah. So. Yep. And we sit here and we look at like step one and two scores and amount of research publications, blah, 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 all these objective data points. But that's not how interviews go out at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Nope. It's each individual committee or group or program director, what have you, residents, they see an application and something about it makes them go, oh, they'd probably be a good fit here. Or, oh, I, I'm interested by X, Y, Z. Let's invite them for an interview. That's it. It's not like... I mean, the filtering is real in that, like, if you don't meet certain criteria, you might not get the first wave of interviews at certain programs. But, dude, at the end of the day, once you have your scores and you have your stuff, like, you really just got to, like, throw it up in the air and just what happens, happens. And I'll say it again, and I say, I say it every episode and to everybody who asks for advice. The programs know their fits better than you think they know their fits. They've been doing this. This is their job. This is their full-time job. This is what they do. 
they pick people to interview they know what their resident classes look like they know what would work at their place so if you think you know in my head i was like i really want to go to this one place oh why don't why don't they interview me they probably saw my inter- <laughs> they saw my application like you know what she's cool but she's not gonna fit here and they did me a favor yeah, yeah. um and that's just that's how you have to see it yeah that um, was a hard pill to swallow it really the was interview cycle. yeah but it really was. we finally came around to understanding it that way but you cast a huge wide net yeah and then your place finds you with open arms mm-hmm. and they want you to come and it's a very warm and loving feeling even so. the match like i know it has some problems to it and it doesn't work out for everybody but for most people it is a fairly good system and that it puts you at the best possible place that wanted you the most. That I would you never also change wanted. the match. I think the match is incredible. I know there's a lot of, you know, disgruntlement with it, you know, on social media and stuff. I think this year match day was there was a lot of awareness around people who don't match. And it's true. There's people who don't match and it's really awful. But it is a good system. I don't think there's a system in which you prevent that either. Correct. The root of the problem is creating more residency spots in all specialties. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that that would solve a lot of things, right? But then you're getting into politics and federal funding and whatnot, things that I don't really know much about. But the match system is the fairest um, system to exist. It's, it's, it's anxiety-inducing because it feels like you have no control over your future, but you actually do. Um, and it's kind of fun. So how are you feeling a few weeks from the match now at this point? Has, has it settled in? Like yeah. you're actually leaving this place finally Wait, to no, go somewhere else? Wait, no, let's talk about match day. How well, exciting yeah, yeah, yeah. was that? Match day was very exciting. You looked good, though. Thank you. Like you Thank had, you. she had on this green jumpsuit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a green bodysuit jumpsuit. Yeah, like a yeah, jumpsuit. It fit really well. Yeah. Um, great color, really matched with your eyes. Wow, thank you. Um, it was like, whoa. I was trying to look good for the occasion. Yeah, you looked I'm great for the occasion. You. You, 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 you did. You looked fantastic. Thank you. I was very nervous. I'm a very nervous person. I'm sure you guys both know this at this point. Uh, I think, you know, it was exciting more than anything. Now that we've kind of gone away from match day two weeks out or how many weeks out we are, I don't know. We had the option to peak and you peaked, right? You and Mitch Absolute, peaked. I, I'm going to be completely honest. I looked at my email before we even got the letter. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. That's such a you Yeah, thing. I couldn't wait. There was no way I was going to wait. So you looked at the email so you didn't even have to open the letter. I just opened the letter and pretend to be surprised. <laughs> oh, so cool. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be honest. I looked right at the email. Okay. My phone buzzed. I grabbed that so fast. I luckily did not have service Some for some reason in there. My Wi-Fi, it didn't work. I was about to look yeah. when I was sitting at that table and like the, the reading of the envelopes was <laughs> taking so long. I commend all your patience because I have zero. I figured why not. Yeah. And I surrendered to my circumstances. Here we are. Sure. I opened the email before I could even open the letter. I could not. I'm props to you guys. No, Mitch did too. Well, oh, well, Mitch peeked at the letter, then announced on stage. You did not announce on stage. No. Why? Uh, I don't know. I'm not kind of the person that would want to like go up the there. attention. No, no, no you definitely look so not. nice. Wow, thank you. It would have been a thank good picture. Again. Yeah, yeah, they would have put it on the website like they did with you running your experiment <laughs> or putting the stethoscope <laughs> yeah. on someone's like cloud. It would have been like a, a full circle moment. Mm-hmm. It could have been. So you find out where you're going. Mm-hmm. You're excited yeah. because this is cool, and you get to you're you're leaving the state. I am, which, which is, is the first time for me. This is a big deal. Very big deal. You're born and raised and educated in Florida. All in Florida. First time leaving. Wow. I'll be going to Texas. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
What a great place. Yeah. Small state. <laughs> Very tiny. Small state. I'm just going <laughs> yeah, on there. Yeah. yeah. Small place. Yeah. No, it's super exciting. Has it like sunk in yet? The because you're going somewhere. You're going to be a doctor soon. Yeah. Um. And on top of that. You're starting a whole new life mm-hmm. in a place unfamiliar. Yep. Your parents aren't going to be up the street. No, they're not. You and Posey on an adventure. Shout out Posey, Teresa's Posey. cat. Posey's my cat, yeah. Yeah. So tell us. Yeah, I mean, it's very nerve-wracking. I'd say more than anything, I'm going to be honest, I'm nervous about moving to a whole new place, a whole new state yeah. far away. It's like, yeah. what, 20 hours from here driving? Yep. So I would say that I'm most nervous about. And then, of course, you know, the normal nerves about starting intern year and finally, you know, having some control over patient care and being responsible yes. really for patients. I think scary. it'll be even better than coming to medical school because mm-hmm. everyone is feeling the exact same way, unless yeah. for the few people that might be in the area already. And it's not like you're just coming for school, like you're coming for a job. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe I'm wrong, but. I think that it'll be very like unifying. Yeah, you're going to have a whole group of people that are all nervous and that are all going to go through the same stuff as you. And you're really going to have to help each other out over the next three plus years, depending on how long you're there. Yeah. So I think it'll be exciting and it it won't take too long for it to feel more like home, even though it's far away. How many people match this year? What, like 38,000 or something? I don't don't know the exact number, but it's around that, right? 38,000 people? Yeah. Holy crap. So we're not in this alone. No. We're a tiny rural town of people mm-hmm. that are all going and starting this And I'm together. sure everyone's kind of feeling the same way. Like they Mitchell are. Said. Yeah. I hope they are. I hope you all are nervous. You should be. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask, where do you see yourself in 10 years from now? If you, I mean, obviously this might change, mm-hmm. but if you had to think now, 10 years from now, what's your career looking like? More cats. Absolutely more cats. I'd yeah. like to hear from a each dog. of us and then, you know, we'll see what it's like in 10 years when we listen back if YouTube's still around. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll have the sound Spotify, files. Apple Podcast. Yeah. We'll have, the, we'll have the .mp3 files. Yeah. I don't know. I would say in 10 years, hopefully, at that point I'm attending. And if I'm not, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> in but 10 years. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Either, you know, maybe I would say I'm considering critical care, as I mentioned, endocrinology and rheumatology three specialties that are vastly different so i guess something in that hopefully living somewhere in south florida would be the goal but then again i said i'd do residency in south florida and here i am so i really i can't say that i know what'll happen in 10 years but that's my general idea same i don't know where i'll be because 10 years ago i was what year was it 10 years ago 2012 i think i was living in naples florida doing something totally different than what i'm doing now um, I don't know where I'll be. Hopefully, I'll just be happy and, you know, still married to my husband. That's, you know, we have our 16th anniversary coming up in a couple of days. Wow. Yeah, like you. Sixth anniversary for us. Six? Wow. Oh, wow. Good for you guys. Thanks, bro. Yeah, man. Fist bump. Happy for you. <laughs> so I just hope to be happy with Dave. Shout out Dave. With my cats. Um, you know, career-wise, um, I'd like to be working, <laughs> if I can be. Yeah. That would be nice. I don't know what I'll end up doing. I would love to be an academic hospitalist and outpatient combo teaching medical students and residents, but 
You can't really predict what's going to happen. Of course. But you I could end up being it. a cardiologist. You never know. Man, how cool would that be? It would be pretty cool. It'd be surprising. Yeah, well, it, that won't happen. So, but we're saying all this with the yeah. with the known disclaimer of like we don't actually know what's going to happen. No, I mean you can have goals, but for me, none of this was planned. None of this was ever expected. I never thought any of this would ever even happen, or my life would even be here. It was nothing I grew up thinking, or yep. uh, you know, imagining that would ever happen. Not in my, not as a child. Not in my teens, not in my 20s. It just, I didn't even think so. 10 so. years ago, I didn't even think about, I didn't even know what medical school was. So 10 years from now is going to be a very different time in all of our lives. If I had to think about what I, like right now, I think it would be awesome to be some sort of like procedural cardiologist. I think an awesome life would be doing like a couple days a week where you're going into the hospital doing procedures all day, like hospital intensive work. And then two to three days a week you're like in a clinic with like maybe a little hospital time but that's that balance sounds awesome where you have like some intensive procedures like big deal stuff and then you also have more relax maybe not relaxed but you know primary care clinic type deal you can place my stint sure if you need a stint hopefully you don't (laughs) (laughs) the way things are going those electrophysiologists have pretty cool lives yeah that's basically what they do According to the physician, Florida Physicians Workforce data that was published this year, uh-huh. um, uh, over 80% are under the age of 45. Cardiologists or electro- electrophysiologists? Yeah, oh, I think really? it's a yeah. newer It's a newer, field. and it's 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 it might could potentially be a little saturated. I've heard that. But yeah. do what you love. Yeah, man. Do what you love. And it's six plus years from now. It doesn't matter because you could also have like you're still gonna have to go through regular cardiology. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. I'm just predicting. But um, also that data does show that um, fifty-seven percent uh, of cardiologists are over the age of sixty. And so. I, w- I will say this too, since it's the internal medicine episode, because I've talked to a few. Uh, soon to be internal medicine applicants in our school and you really do have to be excited about medicine first and you gotta love it yeah like i'm talking about cardiology because that's what i think i'll end up in but i truly do love internal medicine and if at the end of the day i had to be a hospitalist i would be very happy and i know that when you're writing a presentation and you get to that um differential slash problem list how exciting is that I going mean, through each section of the of like each of the body system right i love like, me a good differential isn't that great though but like the problem is too but you start from head to toe yeah, it's fun it's super fun yeah i mean i agree for internal medicine you really just have to enjoy all of medicine i was talking about it the other day with someone that at the end of the day what if i end up being a hospitalist and i was thinking about it and i think i'd be okay with that because like samantha was saying i enjoy just seeing all of it Mm-hmm. I think that is good advice in that, and somebody did give me that advice. It might have been Dr. Vols in that if you're going to pick emergency medicine, uh, like for at a, at a point in time, I considered doing EM with the intention of like doing a critical care fellowship afterwards, which if you're doing emergency medicine just for critical care and you wouldn't be happy just stopping emergency medicine, it's not a good idea. You know what's crazy? You were so assured of that before you had even taken a critical care rotation. Now that you've taken one, things are different. 
Yep. So now that we go through residency, that's the exciting part is mm-hmm. who knows what the heck we're going to do. You could be a geriatric doctor. Mm-hmm. You'd be really good at it. Rheumatologist. You could be a rheumatologist. <laughs> Therese could actually be going into cardiology because she's super an alpha. And she's I, a big time alpha. So <laughs> you never you never know what ends up happening. I think that like and I think that we're all aware of that and we're acknowledging that and that. Yeah, we have these visions, but, you know, we don't know and we're aware that we don't know and we're we're cool with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm excited about it. I am a sweet. That's another thing. Aware that you don't know what's going on and you're cool with it. You have to be very comfortable with the ambiguity of it all. Um, I would say also comfortable being wrong or comfortable, you know, asking questions for things you don't know is something that's very big, especially in rotations. Yep. Try to instill in yourself a healthy dose of humility. Yeah. Yes. And know that you will be taking the backseat to a lot of specialists. And that's cool Mm -hmm. because it's a team effort and you guys all get to work together. And it's exciting because you not only get to work with nephrologists, you get to work with a cardiologist and a neurologist and you guys all get to hang out. (laughs) Get to hang out and chill. (laughs) Which is fun. Um, Hey, you know that Dunning-Kruger curve? Yeah. Where it's like... uh, Yeah. Yeah. So the little you know the more you think you know. So that's a dangerous level of confidence to be having. People who know, there's nothing more dangerous than somebody who knows a little bit about something um, is sort of what I take from it, but yes. The y-axis is like perceived knowledge. It's not, it's actual knowledge and the x-axis is gonna be your confidence. So when you think, when people have a very high confidence when they know a little bit about a subject. The y-axis is confidence, the x-axis is knowledge. Because, like, sure. you have little knowledge at the beginning, but very mm-hmm. high confidence. Correct. And as you learn, you get less and less, less confident. Less and less until it actually peaks so and we're gets <laughs> higher once you know quite a bit. So what I was wondering is where do you think we're at? Because I think we're, like, three-quarters of the way on the downslope. Like, we're still going to go down I'm further. I'm at the pit, the bottom. I think it gets very, deeper. I'm at the very bottom, and I have been for my whole life. But I think, so. I think it gets deeper. Because you're still learning, so you're still on the decline. Yeah, I'm for sure at the... I don't think yeah. that you're going to start climbing until, like, second year uh, residency. I don't think you start climbing until, like, attending probably Not climbing 10, at all? 50, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, because think about it. That's only three years in medicine? No way, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no way. Can't wait. Ten years, <laughs> maybe I'll start my incline. Good thing is, is in medicine, there's a lot of really, really bright, smart amazing minds ahead of us that figured out a lot of stuff and um we just have to be able to recognize that go to the go to the go to the research go to the publications and the standards of care and be able to know what to do we just have to have a toolkit we don't have to be experts yet and i guess one of my final things i'll say too is i think the third years are pretty good at this but if you have questions or you like don't know stuff about a field or anything, just like reach out to those ahead of you, like a year ahead of you particularly, because they're the most relevant to you. Just ask them questions like about the process, about things you're unsure on. Um, if you're a second year, like ask the third year's questions about like you're nervous about clinical rotations, what to expect. They'll give you great advice. If you're mm-hmm. a first year, ask people above you. I have a buddy who's an intern and a buddy who's a second year, and like I pick their brain all the time just about how residency even works and like just how their life is going and it's useful so don't be afraid to reach out i concur Mm -hmm. i mean that's something that we didn't get to have as a charter class that i think is kind of invaluable in a lot of ways so Mm -hmm. i would definitely reach out to your upperclassmen also some advice when you start your rotations whoever is listening observe things just watch your surroundings all the time 
just like you're watching a movie or a TV show. Like be keenly observant. Yeah, see what people are doing. Notice their little ticks, how they move their hands, how they talk. There's Stuff like, li- like that. There's like little things too, like yeah. nurses drawing blood. But they don't just like draw blood. They have to draw particular tubes in a certain yeah. order. Yeah, the And color each tubes. tube represents something and has different contents. And if you do it in the wrong order, you mess up the results. Like those, those are little things. And yeah. you find, you know, a nurse that's nice, you can ask her to kind of tell you what's going on if you're interested. I did that on one of my rotations on an outpatient. I asked one of the nurses there to help me teach me how to draw blood and do all of that, so... Yeah, be nice to everybody. Yeah, absolutely sure. be nice to everybody. Never yell at anyone. It's not your place. Remember, you're at the bottom of the totem pole going in there. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. Just like in humanity in general, don't oh. yell at anybody. <laughs> absolutely. I, on my car, I have the feature to have my horn fart. And so, no, this is, imp- this is deep. <laughs> and I forgot that I had it because it was re- I just had it originally just to, you know, show friends and chuckle about it, right? Because it was like... Pfft. <laughs> but <laughs> I realized like I got I was getting so angry at people this one person driving and I'm like oh you you suck and I slammed my hand on the horn it was like Meh. <laughs> <laughs> and then I laughed instantly and I stopped being mad about it and then I realized okay life is just one big giant fart for us all to laugh at so don't get too upset about things don't take don't things get, too seriously don't take it personally and do not take it too seriously yeah. And on that, fart will make you laugh. And on that, <laughs> <laughs> Therese, thank you for being here. Thank you, thank you guys here. for having me. I'm excited for your future and our future. Yeah. It's all very similar. Mm-hmm. And I'm even more excited to see where, where we're going to end up at the end of the day because we we'll, don't know. We'll do a 10 year catch up. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you think we'll have like a reunion, like an NSUMD Yeah, reunion? I'm going to go to every single so. one of them. We go through it, and I think, you know, like we said, medical students, very neurotic. And um, our class was particularly challenging. Even Dean Padilla said it at match day, <laughs> but in a good way. Um, and in a way that, like, you know, me, especially being older and kind of getting frustrated, thinking, ah, these kids, these darn kids, like in Scooby-Doo. You guys watch that shit, that cartoon ever? Yeah, I've watched yes. Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Um, but I love them all. I'm so excited to see where they're going. Match day was such a happy day to mm-hmm. see where everyone was going. And I really like everyone. And I can't wait to see everybody and catch up with everybody. Um, so I'll be at every single reunion. Even if it's just me. I'll come. If you come, I'll, I'll, I'll come. be coming too. I'll bring so. Maris. Oh, There'll at least so be the three of us. It'll be the three of yeah. us. You better show up. I will. Okay, good. I'll probably be down here. Well, who knows? But hey, you never know, yeah, man. I guess you could be true. in Alaska. Well, I don't know about that one, but we'll see. Why not? Because it's cold. It's far away. Yeah, but they have a certain time of the year where it's just permanent twilight. Where it's always like right before the sun completely sets. Yeah, that's why people get depression. Yeah. Ah, it sounds really cool. Very high rates. Depression? No, no, no. The, oh. the, the idea <laughs> of that and then being able to see the, the um, aurora borealis. No, Gotta get cool. vitamin D infusion is just to like smile. <laughs> hey, people live there, so it's a beautiful state. Yeah. Therese, thanks for coming on. Mm-hmm. We really appreciate Thank it. Thank you guys for having hey, me. Hey, Therese, this is the play out song with Therese. She wore the green jumpsuit to match day and matched her eyes. What do we think? She's so smart. Therese, 
She's playing us out. She's playing us out. She's never gonna sink. She's always gonna swim. Therese. Therese. What's the name of that perfume again that you wear? What's it called? Royal Violetta. Royal Violetta.